Alright, back to podcast. And uh, don't forget, we will be Bible study on Wednesday night, in-person Bible study from the book of Genesis. Uh, and I'm excited about it. been planning it for some time. And uh, it's going to be come to fruition on Wednesday night. And so we'll be in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 1, verse 1. we got a lot. Everything foundationally you need to know will be found in the book of Genesis. And so that's why we're going to, we've spent a lot of time already in Genesis, but we're going to take an even more in-depth look and, and study at this particular book. And I enjoy it. It's the book of Foundations. All right, Second Kings twenty-three, and um, we are in the second part of Josiah. Second part of studying about Josiah. It is a uh, it is a great study. Josiah is perhaps my favorite of the kings. Um, I do like Hezekiah. I like him. Yeah, of course, that was uh, that was his grandfather. Josiah's grandfather, and um, but Hezekiah, when he got to the end of his life, uh, really made some some decisions that uh, were to be desired. Let's just put it like that. And you never read about that with with uh, Josiah. Um, and Josiah was king at eight years old, and he led the nation back to God again after uh, they seemed to fail under the last 15 years of Hezekiah. And what had happened, just to, to bring you up to speed on everything, is there was a basically a, a civil war. There was a split in the nation between the northern kingdom and the southern, what would come to be known as the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom became known as being Judah. And it was basically over, it was over a lot of issues, like any type of thing, uh, any type of schism in a nation, fracturing a nation is over, but it boiled down to taxes. Uh, it boiled down, or they call, it would be called tribute in the Bible. Uh, it, it boiled down to uh, the, the influence of uh, idols and idolatry. Um, and, and many other issues, and the, the southern kingdom, uh, they, they basically split off. And you do see revival in the southern kingdom in se- during several uh, kingships uh, throughout the scriptures until, you know, until uh, everyone, of course, will ultimately go into Babylonian captivity, and um, then God's going to bring everyone together again. And because God is a God of uh, unity, ultimately, there are times where, you know, the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And in times when folks go their separate ways, but when, when God comes back, He's going to settle all those scores and all those issues. Now, we come to Josiah. We're in the second portion of Josiah's uh, study and, and ministry and the first portion is he done just as Hezekiah did he uh, repaired the house of God he set up worship again 
and he uh, had had the priest and the Levites go into the house of God and prepare times of worship, times of gathering, and times of, of fellowship and praise of God. And as they did so, though, they found the law of Moses. They found the book of God. They found the word of God. And when they found the word of God, they began to read it. And when they read it, they, they were broken. They were humbled. They were repentant. And folks, that's the only response God gives. That's the only uh, way God responds to us to the affirmatives. If, if we come with a humble heart and we come repentant, God will, you know, folks read the Bible a lot of times and they read it for, you know, an uplift, and I do too, and they read it for various reasons, almost like a good luck charm. When the Word of God has never been intended to be that as such, this teaches us how to be right with Him, how to be in fellowship with Him. And when they found the Word of God, in the house of God, mind you. When they found it, they read it. When they read it, their hearts were broken because they had not been living that way. They had not been obeying it. They had not been following what it says. And I, I would to God, I would to God, we as a people, we as a church, we as a nation, could get back to that when we were exposed to the Bible when we're exposed to God's word, that our response is as the people of Jesus. And our hearts are broken for how we've lived, the choices we've made. And so we're coming to 2 Kings 23. Now the law is being read to the people. Okay, 2 Kings 23, they have found the word of God, it has been read. And I'll, I'll, in fact, let me open up this, this evening with 2 Kings 22, 19. And here's, here's the res response. Because they found themselves guilty. Now this is grace, folks. When they heard the word of God, they found themselves guilty of being in opposition to what the word of God was teaching and was saying, talking about. But when they found themselves in that regard, they were humbled. They were broken. And notice God's response to their humility. Because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers. Thou shalt be gathered unto thy grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. So God stays his evil off. God does not bring evil punishment and judgment against the people because of their response to his word. They responded 
affirmatively. They responded positively with a humble heart. They didn't buck against the Word of God. I'm telling you, I've preached to churches who the church made a choice to respond negatively to the preaching of the Word of God in which they've heard. And as a result of that choice, God has lifted His blessing off. God will bless when you respond positively to the Word of God. Now that's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be me, it could be anybody preaching or teaching. It's His Word. But if you want His blessings, you want His grace, you want Him to, to bring judgment off and not the, to deliver judgment, the way to do so is when you're presented with the Word of God, you respond in humility. And so now, the, the law's getting ready to be read to the people. It was then read to the to the priests and the Levites. Now, what, notice how the people respond. The king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders, chapter 23 of 2 Kings. And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great, read in their ears of all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord to keep his commandments. Who's king now? Josiah. And his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart, all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. So when the people are presented with the Word of God, they follow the lead of Josiah, and they stand in agreement with the covenant. The king made a covenant, Josiah made a covenant, to follow after the Word of God. And when he made that covenant, the people stood in agreement with that covenant. Now folks, I want to make a covenant. I want to make a covenant. God, that I love Him and I follow Him and, and I, I go for Him. I'm serious about Him. And I ask you to be in agreement with that. To stand in agreement with that and follow Him and love Him and live for Him and, and make the most of your life with and for Jesus Christ. So, after they decide to covenant together, let's look at some other things that Josiah does. Look with me. We, we're going to try to run through this. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal. Okay? Now these, the, the Baal worship, look at this. Here's the thing here, what's going on is the people are they they still have a temple they're too, still in in mouthpiece serving the Lord they are in lip service serving the Lord they're still you know saying they believe in the Lord 
they're still saying they're of the Lord. The problem is they have instituted other religions as well. They've instituted Baal worship. They've instituted um, other other religions. They've brought in the heathen religions along with serving the Lord. And you know, that's, that's what Americans try to do. Americans want to have their Jesus and have their little Jesus this morning and then go out and live for Baal. Go out and live for the world. I see, I see American Christians doing that all the time. And God said, you can't have it both ways. You're either going to serve me or you're going to serve Baal. That's what Elijah asked. He said, how long halt you between two opinions? And Israel had been doing that for years. And so notice here in the temple are the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them. The host of heaven would have been archaeological or uh, astrological studies. People get so so steep and deep into astrology and, I, and worship of the stars. Look, that's against the Word of God. Now let me tell you something about that stuff. Nobody ever said it wasn't real. Nobody ever said it wasn't correct. Not in the Bible they did. I know a lot of people try to pass it off as hocus pocus and and wives' tales and false. The Bible never claims it's false. The Bible says it's wrong to worship and to follow it. Now, did you understand that? And so these things are taking place in the house of God. Look, in the temple are, are the, the vessels made for Baal, the grove, the host of heaven, and he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron. And he carried the ashes of them unto Bethel, and he put down the idolaters' priests. So he, he, he basically fired and got rid of every uh, priest that was performing idol worship, every compromising preacher, in other words, every compromising preacher that would, that would uh, want to institute Baal worship along with serving the Lord, he put them down. And the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah. This is wicked. And in the places round about Jerusalem, then also to burn incense unto Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. You see that they are worshiping the, the earth, they are worshiping the planets, they are worshiping the moon, they are worshiping the stars, they are worshiping Baal, and also trying to serve God. Worship the Creator, not the creature. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem into the brook Kedron, burned it into the brook Kedron, stamped it small to powder, cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites that were there by the house of the Lord. So Sodomites have overtaken the land where the women wove hangings for the grove. He brought out all the priests of the cities of Judah, defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba, break down the high places of the gates that were in the entering in the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. 
Nevertheless, the priests of the high places came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat of the unleavened bread among the brethren. Do you see that? They're still eating their unleavened bread. What's, what's going on? They are trying to intermingle a belief of the Lord with a worship of the world. And he defied Topeth, verse 10, which is in the valley of the children of Hinnom, which no man might make his son or his daughter to pass through the fire to mold it. You see what they're doing there. They are sacrificing children to the God of Moab. What is going on in our country is greater than just abortion. It is an attack on homes and families. It is an attack on a, a younger generation. It is a depopularization. And it, it is a sacrifice of children. Now folks, we're, we're living in a time in America where this has went on for many, many years. Not just abortion. Abortion's part of it, and abortion's a big part of it. But this this whole child trafficking issue. These children many times are being sent off to these islands. You've heard of the Epstein Island and what was taking place there, and all the the name. But folk, these people were going and, and watching children being sacrificed after they've been made sex slaves. And all these horrific acts that we see taking place in America and off these islands that are kind of in these in these neutral zones, so to speak. It's been going on since the Bible days. Passing the children through the fire, offering them to the gods of Molech. And God is not pleased with that whatsoever. Revival comes by tearing that stuff down, by preventing that, by stopping that. Revival will begin to come through in our nation. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these churches that will not stand against that stuff, God's going to judge. These churches that will not stand against what's going on in our nation. According to what takes place in Judah, God's going to judge them. They're trying to intermingle a worship of the Lord with an acceptance of the world, and you cannot do that. The Bible says here, the verse number 11, and took away the horse that the kings of Judah had given to the son at the entering end of the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan uh, Nathan Melech, the chamber which was in the suburbs and burned the chariots of the sun with fire. The altars that were on the top of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, did the king beat down and break them. And so basically what he does here is he completely destroys all of the, the idols, all of the things that were made to the other gods, and he wholly consecrates to Jesus, to God. Now watch this. Verse, matter of fact, verse 20, He slew all the priests of the high places that were upon the altars, burned men's bones. He even had these priests killed. That's how deep Josiah's reformations went. Verse 21, And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover. 
unto the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant. Now, notice this. This is instrumental in the study. It's not enough to get rid of the bad. He said, now it's time to worship. It does you no good. It's going to do our nation no good to get rid of abortion if we're not ready to turn to God. You got that? You get rid of abortion, that's wonderful. It's great. It's a great thing to do. But you still have to turn to God. And Josiah comes in and gets rid of all of these things. And then the next statement is, The king commanded the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of the covenant. He says, Get back to that book we just found. Now stay with me, and we'll wrap it up. Surely there was not holding such a Passover from the days of Judges, the judged Israel, nor all the days of the king of Israel, nor the kings of Judah. Hadn't even had one since then. In the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits, the wizards, the images, the idols, all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and Jerusalem. The wizards. The wizards. Did Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord? And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. Nobody like Josiah. Not one. That's what your Bible says. Now watch. Notwithstanding, the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah because of all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him withal. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and cast off this city, Jerusalem, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. Now, here, here's the thing. God's will is going to be done. This is the message. God give Judah a little space of grace, a little space of revival during the time of, of Josiah. He give them a, a little time of refreshment, a time of worship, because Josiah was serious about serving him. God saw that. He, he done away with all the false gods, all the wickedness, and he set back the Passovers, he set back the worship services, he put it back like it used to be and like it needed to be, and the people could meet and enjoy and fellowship with God. And for a space, for a time period, God gave them a little bit of revival. Josiah died, and God said, I still have to bring judgment. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. You can pray, beg, and plead, and God may give us a, a time of revival, but the ultimate end of this situation is going to be just like He said it was going to be. With the Antichrist taking over, with God returning to settle the story. And if you study prophecy, 
if you really study it, and we'll study some prophecy, you never see the United States, you never see a Western power, you never see a, a, the United States anywhere in prophecy, anywhere in Bible prophecy. God allowed our nation to be born through providence as a result of supporting of Israel, getting missionaries out, getting the Bible out. But by the time the, the prophecy begins to unfold of the end times, everything's back to the Middle East and in Asia, and there's no mention of a Western power. That's what's ultimately going to happen. And all we can hope for, what we can hope for, is between now and then, we have our space of revival, our space of turning to God. And that's what I want. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for my children. That's what I want for your children. Is in the, the next generation, they may just see a touch of God before He comes back before he calls them home and calls us all home and the Antichrist is, is unleashed. That's my desire. That's my prayer. I hope you have a great day in the Lord. I hope you have a great evening. And I will see you on Wednesday night. We'll start gathering at 6.30. And uh, if some of you are a little bit later, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll start between 6.30, 6.45, depending on when everybody gets there. But we're going to start in the book of Genesis, and I'm looking forward to it. hope you've had a great day. I love each one of you. Good night, and God bless.